History tells the story of the world and of our lives. Sometimes that history goes bump in the night. Broadcasting from the center of oddity and the supernatural in Central Florida, it's the History Goes Bump podcast. you spooktacular people. Welcome to this 411th episode of the History Ghost Bump podcast. Ghost tours for the theater of the mind. I am your host, Diane. And this is Kelly. Kelly, we are going to be going to a bed and breakfast on this episode. This is in the stockyards in Fort Worth, Texas. It's Miss Molly's bed and breakfast and a little bit of synchronicity for our listeners who also follow Hillbilly Horror Stories. Jerry and Tracy were just there because they had done a live show down in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And one of our listeners, her daughter, happened to be in that area at the same time and actually stayed at the bed and breakfast. Very cool. So Amy, who is our listener, recorded her daughter sharing their experiences there and some of the experiences of other people who've stayed there. And you remember how when we went and did the investigation at the Clay County Jail and it turned out that we had one of the people that was with us had an attachment with them and we ended up talking to that spirit, we think? Yes. Well, we're going to have the same thing happening here. Very cool. I can't wait. But before we get into that, we want to welcome into the Spectacular crew, Rachel Kathleen, who spells her name very interestingly, C-A-T-H-L-E-A-N, and Jillian with a J. Thank you for joining us in our Facebook group. And now this moment, Naughty. There's a peculiar hole in the Al-Mahra province of Yemen known as the Well of Barhut, but most people call it the Well of Hell. For years, locals have claimed that this is a gateway to the underworld and that the jinn live within the depths. The truth is that this is a natural sinkhole, and in September of 2021, 10 explorers made their way all the way to the bottom. The explorers found dead animals, snakes, frogs, beetles, waterfalls, and stalagmites. Another claim about the hole is that it's part of a supervolcano that could one day wipe out the Earth, similar to the one that is claimed to be below Yellowstone National Park. The explorers found no evidence for that either. The most unusual find were cave pearls, which are very unique and rare because they need a completely flat surface in order to form. These are formed when dripping or flowing water gathers around a nucleus of loose material and deposits minerals in concentric layers. Since the nucleus is loose, the shape of a pearl forms. The well of hell may not be a prison for the jinn, but it certainly is odd. And now, this month in history. In the month of 
month of November on the 8th in 1965, Lawrence Joel was awarded the Medal of Honor, becoming the first living person of color to do that since the Spanish-American War. Lawrence Joel was serving as a medic with the 1st Battalion, 503rd Airborne Infantry, 173rd Airborne Brigade during the Vietnam War. He was with his unit in the Iron Triangle northwest of Saigon when his heroism earned him the medal. The unit was outnumbered and under heavy assault, and Specialist Joel received a severe leg wound. This didn't stop him from taking care of his wounded comrades, and he continued his work despite being hit a second time with a bullet lodging into his lung. He didn't stop treating the wounded until his evacuation was ordered. President Lyndon B. Johnson presented the Medal of Honor to Specialist Joel on March 9, 1967, at the White House. Miss Molly's Bed and Breakfast has been on the suggestions list for a while, and we decided to produce it now because our longtime listener and executive producer, Amy Martinez's daughter, recently visited the location and had a chance to investigate. A sign outside one of the rooms reads, Street ladies bringing in sailors must pay for room in advance. So clearly this wasn't always a simple little hotel. This was once a brothel, and many of the spirits from that time back in the early 1900s are still sticking around the bed and breakfast. Join us as we explore the history and hauntings of Miss Molly's Bed and Breakfast. The most famous and popular spot in Fort Worth, Texas is the Stockyards. This is a national historic district in what was once dubbed Cowtown because 4 million head of cattle were driven through here between 1866 and 1890. When the railroad came to town, it only made sense to establish Fort Worth as a shipping point for livestock, and the Union Stockyards were built. That's a lot of cow pies. Ew, I hadn't thought about that. Even if they look dry, don't you step on them. <laughs> but then how do you toss them? Just don't. Just <laughs> just don't. You know what? We could come up with a new game. You know how everybody plays that cornhole? I'm not participating. <laughs> you know where I'm going? I do. <laughs> Wealthy Boston businessman Greenleaf Simpson decided to invest in the stockyard and he renamed it the Fort Worth Stockyards Company. Simpson sought out other investors and one man he approached suggested that they build meatpacking plants in the city rather than shipping the cattle off to other markets. Two large meatpacking plants would be built around 1900. Around this time, the Wall Street of the West would be built too, which was the livestock exchange building that housed the railroad offices, telegraph offices, and livestock commission companies. In 1907, the Cowtown Coliseum was built for rodeos and stock shows. In 1911, the stockyards became their own city known as Niles City, which eventually was annexed into Fort Worth. Droughts, floods, and fires would come. The stockyards would be rebuilt with flame-resistant materials. The business prospered through it all until World War II. The railway business was in decline, and the highway system was growing with a trucking business that made small stockyards and meatpackers able to pull business their way. The first meatpacking plant, Armour, closed in 1962, and the other, Swift, closed in 1971. 
1976, the district earned protection and restoration began on various landmarks, with the Exchange Building becoming a museum in 1989. The area has become a shopping and dining district with the Star Cafe in the midst of it, and the restaurant has Miss Molly's Bed and Breakfast located above the eatery. The building that houses the bed and breakfast today was built in 1910 as a high-class boarding house and was called the Palace Rooms. By the time Prohibition rolled around, the building had changed hands and reopened as the Oasis with rooms and, of course, a speakeasy. The authorities looked the other way most of the time, but there was the occasional raid. The nice boarding house was gone by the 1940s and replaced with a bordello called the Gavit Hotel. And I have a feeling when it was a speakeasy, it might have been a brothel, too. More than likely. I don't know for sure, because the history on this place is very slim, but usually that's the way it ran. If you're bringing up sailors, you better pay in advance. (laughs) All types came through, from cowboys to businessmen to the really shady types. Eventually, Texas outlawed prostitution, and the building was on the market once again. It reopened as a star cafe on the ground floor and Miss Molly's bed and breakfast on the upper floor, as we said. The bed and breakfast has eight rooms with one communal bathroom. Why did you say ew before you said that? Because <laughs> I don't like sharing bathrooms with people. <laughs> I don't either. That's my only thing about bed and breakfast and the one that we've stayed in. We had made our sure own we had our bathroom. own. <laughs> yes. I don't know what it is. I just don't. It's just not for me. <laughs> well, it's even worse if you're in an Airbnb because, well, the cleanliness is kind of up to the owner of the. Yeah. Location. And I stayed in one that clearly a bachelor was living in. <laughs> the former madam's room is known as Miss Josie's room. And it has its own private bath. So we'll just stay in the madam's room there. There you go. The other rooms are Cowboys, Miss Amelia, Cattleman's, Rodeo, Gunslinger, and Railroader. The rooms are decorated in a manner that takes one back with lace curtains, antique oak furniture, and historic quilts, iron beds, and shutters. Miss Josie's room has elegant Victorian decor with elaborate wall coverings and window dressing. And the ceiling is draped fabric. The bathrooms have iron tubs, pedestal sinks, and pull-chain toilets. Stories of unexplained experiences have plagued this location for years, and many claim that it is one of the most haunted spots in Texas. Guests and employees claim to see shadow figures and to feel cold spots. The scent of perfume is on the air occasionally. Coins apport into rooms that have been cleaned. Belongings disappear or are moved around and found in odd places. Sometimes after they disappear, they reappear in the spot from which they'd been missing. Toilets flush on their own, lights turn on and off by themselves, and doors lock and unlock by themselves. Sometimes doors won't open as if blocked by an unseen force. A reporter staying overnight once awoke to find a beautiful blonde woman sitting on the edge of the bed. There's a young girl spirit that has appeared in the private rooms of the owners. She appears to be around eight years old. In those coins apporting into rooms, one maid actually quit over that because she would clean a room and then they I don't know if people would be checking in and be like, there's coins all over the bed and stuff like that. And then she'd get in trouble, maybe. And it kept happening. I thought that that was something that meant that somebody you cared about on the other side was coming in contact with you. If nothing else, they might be tipping her. They just <laughs> well, There you, you know, go. The ghost's got to get it together and do it before she leaves the room. <laughs> Innkeeper Paula Gowans told CBS 11, I've had many reports from guests of seeing things transparencies, and smoky apparitions. Like in this room, Ms. Josie King was the last madam. She had been sighted many times, usually at three in the morning at the foot of the bed watching the people sleep. We only had one couple jump out of bed. (laughs) Well, at least they're keeping track. They're probably just covering their heads with their sheets. (laughs) 
Taxport Paranormal LLC had investigated at Miss Molly's in November of 2008, and they have great notes on their website about that investigation. One passage reads, Entered room 5 at 8.08 p.m. We encountered a female spirit who was 42 years of age, and she believed the current year was 1946. She said she entertained men in this bedroom. This female spirit thought she was still alive. After initial connection with the spirit, my hair on the back of my head was caressed. And I think it was a guy who was writing that. So maybe she was trying to come on to him. I'm not sure. Could be. At one point, Rosie's right elbow was touched. She mentioned she was upset that her daughter was not with her. She stated that her grandparents raised her daughter who was still alive and that she was there waiting for her daughter. At one point, she lay down in the bed in front of us. We did not find out what her name was. We exited the room at 8.30 p.m. Another passage reads, Investigators reported hearing loud talking and clanking of dishes below them. Interestingly enough, they heard these noises at approximately 9.30 p.m. and the business below had closed at 7 p.m. Upon inspection, no one was left in that business to make such noises. Both investigators also reported hearing someone talking and walking around and shutting doors in room number 8 next to them. No one was ever at any time in room number 8. It was shut off as a control room for recording. Amy shared in the Spooktacular crew... My daughter and her fiancé took his little girl to Miss Molly's, a haunted hotel, in the Fort Worth stockyards last night. His nine-year-old is into that, which makes her my kindred spirit. Anyway, Ross, the fiancé, lost his dad a few years ago. I got this text from my daughter this morning. We could talk to Ross's dad last night at that hotel. He said his dogs were with him in heaven. Best news ever. I love that. So this is what started the ball rolling. So Amy's like, they'd gone there. I was like, well, what happened? And then they went on a car ride together and Jade recorded them talking about it. Jade and Ross talk about the spirits of two little boys and how they seem to be able to leave the room they usually occupy while the other spirits seem to stick to just the one room they always occupy. And they also relate how the madam would occasionally lock girls in closets. We're going to play that audio for you here. They have two little boys. There is a little boy named Daniel, a little boy named Stephen, 12 and 9 years old. They're young. And they lived in room 6. She's like, they've kind of claimed that room. And she's like, honestly, I have no idea where they came from. She's like, they have not communicated that to me. There's no history of them there. There's no history of them here at this place. I don't know where they came, but that is where they are. This is where they are now. And they kind of are always playing around. Like, she's like, I'll hear I'll run it up and down the stairs. you know, just like, they're just like playful kids. Like, they'll, they'll like move your stuff and, you know, kind of stuff like that. But, you know, just playful. And they're kind of the only ones that go out outside of their room. You know, like typical kids be, is the way I see it. Like, yeah. you know, always kind of playing in the living room and stuff. And then the other ghosts that live there all pretty much stay in their room and don't leave theirs. Use the room two lanes to keep. Because back when it was a brothel, it, they were assigned these rooms. They didn't leave the rooms for that reason. Like, there's another little girl that stays in one of the rooms because that's the only place she was allowed to go. Because she actually lived there as a little girl. Oh. And so was a, one of the people that worked in the brothel. Right. Um, and there's a closet in that room where she would put that little girl when she was working. Had guests in her room. They put her in the closet? While she had guests there. And she also sold the little girl to the guest sometimes. It was kind of a bad history there. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff like that. There was one room that has the maiden's room, so the, the head, you know, lady in charge her name was Josie. That's the only one with an actual bathroom inside of the room. 
and there was a closet in that room that used to be there that she used to lock the girls in when the girls were in trouble for like apparently like days she said and so then basically they all had their own rooms there's a cowboy named jake who you can hear his spurs and his boots walking down the hallway he has i believe it was room eight that he goes to but he's like a stockyards ghost like they see him in full apparition at some of the bars after they close down sitting at the bar having a drink oh that's cool full apparition the, the lady who first um was a youtube video of it and she was the original kind of innkeeper her name was diane i believe no paula. paula and paula said that she saw jake walking into the room and he walked in the room opened there and the doors were all open on these little uh, stops you got to you know kick up with your foot and uh, walked in there and shut that door and locked it to turn on the light. And she said nobody was there, nobody's supposed to be there. So she gets mad. She goes in there, tries to get in the door, and it's the lock. So she gets the key out. She said nobody's in the room. And then it happened again. And she said she got real mad the second time. And then she realized it was an actual spirit. It wasn't. She didn't know it was haunted. And, and, and none of the ghosts that are there now, every, all of them are good, good spirits. So none of them are dark. You know what I mean? Like, yeah good and kind and, and everything like that. They don't really leave their specific rooms. And not each room had like a, a spirit connected, to it. connected to it directly. Really only like the maiden's room, which was Josie's. And that room is the one little girl's room. Apparently too. you can see Josie's like uh, sitting at the end of your bed. Standing at the end of your bed when you're sleeping, watching you sleep. Oh, it's that's nice. Little massage men's feet um, while you're sleeping. <laughs> you want to sleep in that one? Creepy, creepy, creepy. The people creepy. that stayed in that room left. left. For, yeah, left them during the middle of the night last night. They didn't make it for the night. So I'm assuming they must have seen something. And then the other room. Uh, room three, I think, was, was the. Em- Emily's room. And that's the little girl. And that room has two beds. And one of them was Emily's bed, and the other was the other bed. And then apparently the innkeeper said that at one point, at some point, she doesn't know when, it used to just be Emily, but her mother has since come back to stay there with her, too. So her mother is in that room with her also. And then later on, there is now a male uh, protector over that room that's in there with them also. Huh. don't know who it is. They don't know if it's a father. They don't know because he hasn't he really communicated much with them. He kind of has just said that he is a protector. He can't cross over because he committed the ultimate sin. Yeah, he told the lady that he can't cross over because he committed the ultimate sin. And but he's there to protect the little girl. And so, and what, 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 I thought this was very interesting. The woman thinks, she's like, honestly, the innkeeper, she said it was after she loosened up a little bit, she told yeah, us basically. Yeah, after she kind of loosened up. It took her a while. She yeah. didn't originally say this, but she kind of Once started she, to get to know us. She said that she really thinks that that protector in that room is actually her brother because he committed suicide. And oh. she said that he, like, the innkeeper, yeah. she said, you know, he was very, very protective of me and my daughters. I can see that. And she said, even when he was alive, he told me he would never leave me. And I think, yeah, and she's like, I think he's here to be with me. Because the spirit had told, they had a medium kind of woman from Columbia come in. And the spirit had told that woman that he is, he will not leave until she leaves. Then he leaves. So she's like, I really think it's him. 
coming here to protect those women from being He came there for her. She said that basically he's attached to her. He came there for her, and then once he discovered Emily, the little girl, Amelia, then he decided to kind of protect over them. Yeah, yeah, I got it. That's cool. Yeah, I thought that was, she kind of teared up when she said that, but she, because she said she really thinks that it's him protecting that room, and... Basically, um, a if you sleep, it's like a very girly room, that particular room is, and one of the beds is Emily's bed. One of the beds is hers, and the other bed in there is the mom's bed. And the mom's bed's no big deal, but the little girl's bed, a, uh, a, a three men, or two men, basically a dad, his like 10-year-old son, 12-year-old son, something like that, and their 17-year-old nephew rented that room. She's like, I thought it was weird in the, from the get-go when they wanted to rent the room. She's like, because, A, it's an all-pink, very girly room. She's like, most people would want the cowboy room right next to it, which was available that night. And she said that he, they sent her a text at 11.45 that night and saying that they were leaving. They're out. And she said, okay, everything okay? They said, yeah, we'll call you tomorrow. And they left, and they were scared. And uh, the 17-year-old, she said he looked like a grown man. You know, he was tall, he had facial hair. She said he, uh, he slept in Emily's bed. And he felt an extreme sadness kind of come over him. And shortly after the sadness came over him, he felt hands around his neck choking him. And he, uh, that must be your uncle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like he was mad. And I think the sadness was memory, personally. Yeah, it was from her thinking that she had to do something with that guy. Yeah. After her telling us the rest of that story. And then the protector came over and was like choking him. So they got up and left him all the time. The protector, alright. That's not even a dark spirit to him, that's what he's there to do. Yeah, I got you. Protecting that. He's protecting her. Yeah. And now a little break for a word about one of our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Best Fiends. Kelly, for people who've been listening to this show for a while, they know that you've really gotten yourself into playing this Best Fiends, and now I've downloaded it, too. I just couldn't resist. (laughs) Mort and I have a blast with that game. So glad you jumped on the bandwagon. And what's really nice about it is it gives you a little bit of distraction, especially at this time of the year. We're coming into the holidays with Thanksgiving and Christmas, and sometimes you've just got friends and family and all kinds of stuff going on, and you just need to take a little bit of a break and not think about anything and just have some fun and this is perfect for that i love all the little noises that the fiends make (laughs) and the really cool thing about this is if you're in a place that has no wi-fi it's not a problem you can play best fiends wherever and whenever you want in an offline mode yep absolutely this has it all there's an amazing storyline as you said it's got great sound effects (laughs) it sure does it's so cute and the imagery the animation is spectacular and you know i'm not really a fan of bugs most people know (laughs) but on this they're cute they are cute and when you evolve them they get even cuter but i gotta tell you that boss slug he is a toughie to get over i haven't gotten to a boss slug yet so oh just you wait I'm not looking forward to it. (laughs) You're going to want to evolve those fiends so that you can conquer him. So what level are you on at this point? I think I'm on level 122. There's literally thousands of levels, so I have a long way to go, but I'm looking forward to it. The other great thing, Kelly, is this is free to download. You can download Best Fiends on the App Store or Google Play. And make sure you look for Best Fiends. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. You'll be glad you did. Remember my spooky fiends. 
That's best friends without the R. Best fiends. They mention the cowboy Jake and how his spirit manifests too. He is known to hang out in the stockyards in multiple places. The innkeeper Carrie thinks her brother is there and protecting the little girl spirit named Emily. And one guest even felt hands closing around his neck one time. So an interesting thing that we have going on here is we have the spirits that are there at the bed and breakfast and then Carrie who seems to think that her brother spirit is hanging out in this place. I don't know if this is an attractive place to spirits or what, because we're going to have something else happening here with Ross. Even though many claim that the spirits here are not evil, that hasn't always been the case, and Jade and Ross share these experiences from the innkeeper and a housekeeper at Miss Molly's. Like, honestly, I was so scared when I got there, but after I left, I was like, I am not scared at all. Like, because it, she was, like, talking about how... She said she was in there one night, came out of the kitchen and saw a very tall, like seven foot tall, dark. She said that she felt anxious. She felt very anxious and sadness and a lot of emotions that she wasn't used to feeling. She said something was off, but she knew something else was there. She didn't know what it was, but something else was there. She said she came out of the kitchen or from the bathroom or somewhere in the hallway, they kind of into the foyer. And uh, like a seven foot tall, dark figure walked across the, the foyer room into, I think, the cowboy room or one of the rooms right across the hallway. And she knew immediately it was a, a dark demon entity. Uh, and they, she called in a preacher and they blessed the place and he was, what, kicked out basically. Yeah, and then another time, Paula, Paula, who's like the kind of main lady, she has a reservation now, she's been there for a long time. She said that Paula was there sleeping and she was laying in bed and she said she felt like someone was literally laying on top of her, suffocating her. And she hugged, oh and she could feel breath on her face. And hands around her neck. And hands around her neck. And it was, a, it was a dark spirit there. Oh and she said, I, she said she was so terrified and, and choking. She could, the only words, this is the part, after I heard this, I was like, I'm not even here anymore. That's all I needed to hear. Because she said the only words that she could get out of her mouth was, Jesus, help me. And the second he heard that, the spirit was gone. Wow. And out. She had her priest on speed dial as well as lady did. She wow. kind of come bless the house and got him out too. And, but like how strong even that to me, that's why I was like, well, why are we scared? Like God's got us. And we're, yeah, and that kind of lets you know that that was stronger than any spirit. They're terrified of him. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not concerned. So whoever's left there is, is positive energy. Yeah, she right, has nice. positive energy now. They're all nice. She said that basically a couple had stayed there the night before we got there, and they stayed in Emily's room. And she said that the guy was throwing his stuff, their brother and sister was throwing his stuff on Emily's bed. She said, hey, I want to switch that up a little bit. You know, just just switch it up. Just trust me on that. <laughs> that there's no issues. They switched it up, and there's no problems at all. <laughs> Emily's are throwing stuff off the bed. Yeah. Well, they said one lady, well, one person who came in there the night while we were there, well, the guy was hammered, hammered drunk. Like, shouldn't have been there that drunk. And he was sleeping in a room where the covers get pulled off people often. Like, oh, it's like a pretty wow. common thing there. Like, she said that that was a room where if it's a, a guy and a girl were sleeping in the bed, and the girl said that the covers were pulled off of her several times this night. She had to get up out of bed several times and get the covers back on her. But the guy had the covers left on him all night. No issues there. It was a woman. Wow. But she thought, um, 
the, the other room, room six, I think where those other girls were staying, she said that somebody the day before had had some cotton balls and makeup remover and stuff, and uh, when they came back from dinner, the cotton balls were scattered around the room, and the bag was up underneath the, uh, the bed. Um, stuff like that. Uh, that the room six is where the little boys kind of hang out, and so she said they're really mischievous. Of course, they kind of do that, like move stuff and, you know, things like that, but nothing. Jade and Ross decide that they want to do some investigating and they borrow equipment from the innkeeper. And like I said earlier, Kelly, this reminds me of when we were at Clay County Jail and we had Joe with us and it seemed like the spirit of her father was communicating with us. So we'll play this audio for you here. So we hear these stories. She, She talks to us for a while and I'm like, I just want to do a ghost hunt pretty bad last night. So we're like, eventually I'm like, hey, so do you have this ghost hunting equipment? She was like, yeah. I was like, well, are you using it tonight? She was like, no, do you want to use it? And I'm like, yes. I um, love these. If you show us yeah. So she gets out these rods, the copper rods. That oh, yeah, yeah. She gets Dowsing those out. Rod. She gets a couple of those, the dowsing rods, yes. She gets two, two sets of those and an EMF reader. And she had a spirit box, but it was dead. And so she gets the EMF reader out, she gives it to us, and then she gets the dowsing rods out. Let's us mess around with those, and then you can take my go over. And then, so then she gives us these rods, and McKenna takes a set, and I take a set at first. And we're sitting on the couch, and she's like, you know, just explain to us how to kind of act. And she's like, you can ask him. She's like, honestly, the kids, and all the, remember, every all the other spirits stay in their room, so we're not going to be in the living room able to communicate with them. But... Daniel and Steven, she's like, they always come out and do stuff, so just talk to them. And so me and McKenna both were, you know, asked questions like, Steven, are you here with us? And, I mean, pretty immediate, both, both of us got, they started playing with the rods and crossing them and talking to us, and we oh just talked to them for quite a bit, and they were just having a ball and doing all kinds of stuff. And then I, I had given my set to Ross to mess with, and it was kind of funny because they didn't like me. They didn't. Well, I think what it was is it was a man, okay. and they they're young kids, you know. Like, and, whereas a girl in McKenna, they weren't yeah, scared. Yeah, a little girl. You know, she's playing. She's a little girl, and then to me, it you know, I'm a woman that's somewhat of to be, to them they see a motherly type figure. They're not scared of me. I'm not an intimidation. Well, maybe they do look at you like. And then, but with oh, Ross, and she said, she said, you know, they can kind of take a minute to warm up to male men. And to people, to people in general, but yeah. men especially. Maybe they didn't trust men very much. Yeah, I would imagine. You don't know their story, but like for whatever reason, they kind of they eventually talked to him a little like bit. Like once, that I moved across once, maybe. But they were very not hesitant. Much. It's not you. And I was calling one of the wrong names. Oh, uh, we'll see. That I, I think understand. I they, yeah, you're a comedian. He was using the wrong name. And then, so the kind of we were messing with them. McKenna took that little EMF reader and she was walking around that whole place with the thing. And I mean, every she now and again, she would get a little color, but not really when she was walking around. Like, it was pretty much always like would stay on green. Like, she never really got any motion. And then, for whatever reason, we would move it over to Ross, and the second it pointed to Ross, specifically to him, it turned, it would go up. Oh my gosh. The color. Like yeah, steady, like, like stay on color the whole time. And stay on the color whenever it was pointed to him. Like right in this area of me. So the, 
lady was like, do you, is there a possibility that you could have a, do you have, you know, anyone in your life or a spirit that could be attached to you? And I, he oh didn't say gosh. anything. And I was like, I mean, honey, your, your dad would 100% be in love oh, yeah. with you. I mean, yeah. And he's like, I mean, maybe my dad. And because he was real unsure at first. He was like, I mean, maybe. Very my, skeptical. Yeah, yeah. Maybe my dad, but I don't, I don't really know. And she was like, well, and then she was like, she. That's what she told us his brother. Yeah, that's her brother's what she was attached like, to my, her. My brother attached to me. I always have a spirit with me. And that's, that's the whole protector. That's how it all came out. The protector was a brother, and he's attached to her, and that's where that all came from, was when that happened. So then she's like, he's probably attached to you, like, you know, he's with you. Not your dad's, your father's. Oh, okay. So the brother that was doing the choking is that lady's brother, oh. not that. I thought y'all no. meant like the the no. brother to the, the no, lady. No, like the innkeeper's brother. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Her personal, her, her, her brother. brother with her. Okay, okay, okay. Continue. I'm sorry. Yeah, and she said he's always a very protective person. And he came to be with me there and then saw these, this little girl in need. Okay. And I'm Oh, God, that gives me chills. Okay, go ahead. It's crazy. But, so then, anyway, she's like, yeah, that, that, you know, I think it might be your father attached to you. And so we were like, I mean, what the heck, why not, right? So we took the... We kept, we stayed in there, and I kept trying to get the little kids to talk to me, and they weren't doing anything with my rods. Like, they might barely move them a little bit, but nothing. Nothing like what they were getting. They were getting a lot of activity. They were not moving at all. And so then we kind of, she was, we were like, can we take these to our room? And she was like, sure. So she let us take the EMF reader and the little rod to our room. One, like one set. And so we all got in the bed. And Ross took them in his hand. And it was like the EMF reader was sitting in his lap, like glowing orange. Oh, my so gosh. And when I say, like, it never changed back to green. It went to red a green. few times, but it, it didn't go back to green. Oh, uh, like, wow. It stayed on that color. And I was like, the, I had like been trying to make you understand, like, Hello, your dad is literally here. Like he is with you. I one hundred. I believe it from the jump. And so he was like, okay. And he grabs it. So we we called his mom and we put her on. She's super into all. Well, we started show. talk. We asked him if he was there. Yeah, first, he, he, and he crossed him. immediately. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They never they never moved. From you and can feel the movement in your hands. You can feel it click, click, click. As, it, as it turns. Oh, you can feel it moving. And it's like, you're not moving it. And it's, yeah. you feel it turn. This and it's going like up goes, a hill. He goes, Dad, are you here with me? And I called my name. Immediately, yeah. yes. Oh, my gosh. And so then we called his mom. It's just kind of emotional. I, mean, I, have to talk to I would have years. to say that, admit, that it is. Yeah. And so he put his mom on FaceTime. We like set up McKenna's iPad and we just like started asking him a million questions. And yes, you files take And this is the part that was wild. We would ask questions, and when Ross would ask the questions, he could move those rods like his father, his bad spirit, could move the rods extremely quick. Okay. We're taking this one or not? One point six. Stay in the right three lanes, and then. He would um, give the rod to McKenna, and he would move them, but it, took it a lot really yeah. took a lot for it to even move McKenna, and then he'd give it to me, and it took everything for it to move to me, but remember, me and McKenna had no issue talking to the kids. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for whatever reason, he wouldn't, we couldn't get him to move when we were talking to his dad. And so then Ross, I said, I think maybe he's, maybe he's just stronger through you. Mm-hmm. And had he ever, had he ever known McKenna? Yeah. He okay. knew her, but I think, I really think now, the way I believe it, his dad knows Ross is here to watch McKenna. And he has faith in that. He's not, do you know what I mean? Yes. But yes. He, you got he this. knows he knows that Ross doesn't have his dad. Do you know what I mean? I do get so that. He, yeah. He feels like he needs to be friends. I get that. And so then Ross asked him actually, Dad, do you want to talk to McKenna? You just you can't without me. And he said yes. Take it. And then he said, Do you want to talk to Jay that you can't without me? And he said yes. And I was like, That's it. Like he can't. He he. He has to talk to through you. That's how he's the strongest. And um, so we just asked him. We were the same birthday. We were very, very close. In 10 miles. Oh, wow. It was so. And so his mom was on the. This is the part, like, literally, Ross goes. And we had her, like, sitting up on FaceTime on the iPad. So she was, like, you know, her whole face was on it. And he goes, okay, Dad, can you point to Mom over there? And she was like, I'm right here, Charles. I'm right here. And seriously, he moved both of points to her. And she was like over, so he like, takes them and just spins them both. Oh, my her. gosh. And then. I got him to point to Jade. I got him to point to McKenna. Yeah. And beside me. So he's up to take these rods and spin them all the way around over here. Yeah, literally spinning them to walk, to get to there. And, um. We asked a bunch of questions. We were up there for um, two hours talking to him last night. It was. And. Uh, we even asked, are you tired? And he said, no. And we were like, do you, do you want to keep talking? And he said, yes. And, um, I mean, we asked him so many questions. And even, like, we did stuff, like, we were, like, testing it. Like, his mom was like, okay, I'm going to tell you. I want so you to ask him. Know. Yeah. She's like, I want you to ask him if he liked our friend so-and-so. Like, someone Ross didn't even know. She's like, ask him if he liked our friend, this person. And he's like, Dad, did you like you and Mom's friend, whoever? And he said no. And his mom was like, wow, that was the right answer. You know, like little things wow. that Ross didn't know. So he couldn't have moved them. He didn't know the right thing. Yeah. She, he was like getting all the answers right. And so then we were like, we were like, wow, like, you know, he asked him a lot of questions. Like, she, he got one wrong, but it was a... She, the question was a trick question and she didn't realize when she said it we had a house on Bandera and the name was our street was Bandera we called it the Bandera house oh. and she said did, did you and I to my dad she had me ask did you and mom ever go to to Bandera Texas overnight and he said yes and she's like that's not that's not right we didn't and I'm like mom you can't say that we, we lived at the Bandera house we called it Bandera he's not going to be able to like that's not yeah, a fair question that's the only one he got wrong but, but he got, I mean, it was, it was a lot. Like, if she should get remarried, he said no. <laughs> if she should date, he said yes. Which was sweet, I thought. It's like he didn't want her to get remarried, but he was okay with her dating. She, she asked if he came to her in a dream after, basically, my brother came back into her life, and he said yes. There was a question about the guy she dated. Oh, briefly. I thought that one was sweet, because your mom kind of cried. How was you tell her? Uh, she, she said, this, were you, you asked, you said, Mom, 
where you said, Dad, were you at, were you mad at Mom for bringing Chris into your house after you had died? And he said no. And she was like, he would never have been mad about that. He knew Chris, and he thought Chris was a really good guy. He was a good guy. Then she she asked, do you know the reason I broke up with Chris is because I still loved you? And he said yes. And um, uh, there were so many questions. And so then we were kind of all like, do you have any questions for him? And, you know, me, I'm like, to ask him if any of his dogs that were close to him, <laughs> are they with him? And he said yes. Oh, thank goodness. And I asked him if he sees Jesus every day, and he said no. But then we asked if he sees God, and he said yes. Jesus is God. And... Um, has he seen? Well, the question was, yeah, has he, he seen has, Jesus? Has he seen, has he seen him? him like ever? So it's like he—it's like he doesn't see him every day, but, but he has there, seen him. You know, they yeah. pass each other in the hall every now and then. Yeah, <laughs> well, so many interesting things. Is when he died, the night before he died, you know, we were all there holding his hand. My mom and I were there holding his hand. I was holding his hand when he died, and so the night before that happened, he uh, was pointing to his mom on the lawn. He couldn't communicate. He couldn't really talk at that point, mm-hmm. uh, but he was pointing, and he was—he finally said, "Mama." And he was pointing to the wall, like as if we could see her too. We couldn't see her. We obviously couldn't see her. And My so grandpa I asked, did that. I asked if there's anybody else with him, with her whenever he passed over, and he said yes. There's more people uh, that are waiting on him. They're just waiting. Are you his only child? No, his firstborn son. He has two two sons. Okay. He asked him, Dad, are are you with me all the time? And he said yes. Well, he, he, well the he question is. was if we asked he, if he visits Colton. Yeah, and I think he said no to that, didn't he? He said he has visited him. He's visited Colton, but he's but not. But he's not with him all the time. Well, Colton's not in Texas anymore. Well, that's what he did. He knows, he knows <laughs> that. He answered, Why would you leave Texas? He said he, said he was with, he told him that he was with Ross because his mom was in New York with Colton. So, so you need your parents. So you need a parent. He with Ross and is with him all the time. And that awesome. he, uh, uh, he said that he knew about me before Ross knew about me. Oh, my God. <laughs> and that he liked, Y'all are meant to be. That he liked me and he thought we should get married. He approved, yeah. That's your dad. Maybe your dad did that. I thought that. Found her for you. That, that part was really sweet. He, sweet. he said he did know me. And then he Ross asked, do you keep an eye on Jane for me when she's not with me? And he said, yes. And um, he said, Dad, did you know that Jade is pregnant? And he said, yes. And he said, do you know what the baby is in her belly? And he said, yes. And he said, is it a little boy? And he said, no. And he said, is it a little girl? And I mean, yes. Hard yes, yeah. You got a little Andy with an eye. <laughs> <laughs> I asked that question. I asked the question about ten times. And every Are time you sure like, it's not yes. a little boy? But then you know what? That's incredible. But then you know what he asked? He said, "Will me and Jade ever have a little ever boy? have a little boy?" And he said, "Yes." <gasps> oh my god! And so it just means that this first one isn't, I think, but that he said that we will. I would have given anything to be there. And as this stuff's going on, my mom's on the iPad, so she's seeing through the video, 
and there's stuff behind us going on on the walls. She's seen, she's like, oh my gosh, there's stuff, she said stuff forming on the wall, and she's trying to screenshot it, and she said that there's Wait, orbs what? moving, yeah, like, behind us. Like we couldn't see it, though. You had stuff moving around behind you? I got you? a picture of, of one going into me. There I'm going to need, I'm going to need all of that. It's the photo that, that we took of Ross, and the, literally, if you hold it down and do the, the live of it, this orb literally goes into Ross's, <gasps> like, soul almost. It's like, and I swear it's that. Oh my God, you guys! I need, I need all of that. I need all of the backup. We, I asked I before I did all. that. I said, I, "Is there? Are you a?" I said, "I wish there was." I was talking out loud. I wish there was a way we could get more than just yes or no answers from you. And I think he said yes at that point. And I said, "Is there a way?" And he said, "Yes." Or can you? How can we do that? And then I, then Mom, I, I guess right after that is when she saw the orbs behind us. Oh my God! And she said they were. I mean, the, the, the description she had, they were quite large. Um, and so then we, I got up and turned off the light and I kind of scared. That's when we kind of got a little scared. We turned off the light and we took the few pictures and the flash on. And then one of the pictures, um, there's an orb about this big in front of the camera and it goes straight. It could turn, make a turn and go straight into me, which is kind of, kind of crazy. Oh my gosh. Dust doesn't do that. I would have stayed up and forced you to let me ask him questions all night long. <laughs> I turned a little thing on this morning, <laughs> in the bed, it turned orange immediately, and I started asking questions this morning. I told you 15 times, I don't know how many times I need to tell you. He said, he asked him if he feels good there all the time, and he said yes. So in the closet of that room, and a very bright orb was in there and it, it was moving like all over that room in the in that closet wow. and it was very very bright like, oh, bright that's bright incredible he asked him it was sweet i even teared up a little bit i mean he he asked him the, I minute, his favorite. the minute yeah <laughs> the minute you saw jade did you know she was the one i would marry and he said yes and that yeah and then we said did you know jade before i knew jade he said yes oh that's so cool that is so cool. And then after that, that's I'm overwhelming. Like, I'm not scared. I was like, I'm not scared at all. Like, now we know that your dad is, like, watching over us. Like, yeah. Nothing can happen. You know, like, it was just, it was so a couple things that didn't make it into this recording was that Ross asked his dad if he was happy, and the answer was yes. Then he asked, do you miss us? And Charlie, who is his dad, said no. So Ross asked, is that because you're always with us? And Charlie said, yes. So I thought that was a really oh, cool exchange. Yeah. Ross also said that his mom said that there were things moving around behind them. You heard that in the audio. And he mentions a picture of an orb going into him. Amy sent that picture to us, and we'll see if we can upload it to Instagram and get it over on Facebook. Normally, Kelly, we would just be like, well, it's probably a dust orb or something like that. But because of what is going on with the communication and his mom seeing stuff, because, you know, they're doing the FaceTime thing, right. maybe this orb was paranormal in nature. Could be. So I'm not going to say for sure, but I know even on shows like Ghost Adventures, there's many times when Zach will say, you know, this looks like it might be something. And it's usually occurring about the time that they're getting something else going on that they can record on equipment. And it looks like it's going into a person. So it's the same kind of thing with this. And Karen wrote on TripAdvisor, OMG, I stayed there last night and what a night it was. I saw a door move even with the door stop on. We listened to white noise and spirit spoke through the white noise. 
and guessed cards that we picked from a deck. That's very interesting. I've never tried that trick before. Yeah, I haven't either. I saw an orb or something follow one of the young girls that was staying with her grandmother. You've got to see the little bear. I'm guessing it's a boo bear? That's what I'm thinking based on what she's going to describe. When it's turned on and you touch it, it speaks. Well, it was speaking without anyone touching it. I would recommend anyone that is interested in the hereafter to check it out. Shelly was awesome. She stayed the night with us along with a couple other ghost hunters. Check it out. There are no TVs or phones in the hotel. It truly is like stepping back in time. Do not expect to sleep too much as there is activity all night long. Mamie wrote on TripAdvisor, My friend and I decided to stay at Miss Molly's because of its close proximity to the nightlife and also because we'd heard of the ghost stories. We stayed in the cowboy room and were the only guests there that night. Within the first 10 minutes of being there, we had the cowboy room door close on us and the closet doorknob rattle when I made a joke about wanting my friend to go open the closet door. (laughs) Somebody was playing. (laughs) Sounds like it. We immediately went to dinner and when we came back, our keys were moved across the room. From then on, we knew the ghosts were definitely just pranksters. Later, we found the leather review book that people write in and started reading their stories on the couch and kept hearing banging and shuffling in the second bathroom. We never checked because we were chicken, but we later found out that someone was found stabbed in the bathtub a long time ago. Oh, my. And I didn't find any stories about that, but I had heard that a couple people had been murdered there. So, Dance Patty wrote on TripAdvisor, Miss Molly's is a cozy old bed and breakfast. They do not serve breakfast anymore, so perhaps it is a bed and bath now. And shared bath at that. There you go. We stayed because we wanted to stay in a haunted hotel, and we got our wish. We stayed in room number three. One bed had a spirit sit on it in the middle of the night. The other bed was shaken by a spirit in the middle of the night. The cowboy room gave a good scare. As we entered it, the door slammed on us, and I do mean slammed. Later, our infrared picture showed a silhouette of a cowboy by the furthest bed. It was an exciting night. Former brothels have a tendency to be haunted because of the nature of the business and the violent history that could be connected to them. We don't know much about that history here but clearly there are some unexplained things happening here. And I know most of the information they have come from psychics, which is why I didn't share it because I don't know that it's reliable because I don't have anything else to back it up. Sure. Anybody can walk through a place and say, oh yeah, there was a prostitute that got murdered in here and blah, 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 blah. And on top of that, it seems that Ross got the opportunity to talk to his father through the veil. So cool. Which is the coolest thing about it all. Good golly, is Miss Molly's bed and breakfast haunted? That is for you to decide. Well, thank you to Amy and her family for sharing their stories with us. Definitely. This has been on my list for a while and I just hadn't gotten around to it. So it was perfect timing. And what was really cool about it is Jerry had shared a bunch of the pictures that they took at Miss Molly's on uh, his social media. So I could envision what everything looked like. And I believe Jerry recorded a Hillbilly Dead Time Stories on Miss Molly's. Very cool. Check that out. Also, we'd love to have you check out our website at historyghostbump.com. And if you want to send us some feedback, you can do that at historyghostbump at gmail.com. We want to thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. I've been your host, Diane. And this has been Kelly. You take care now. Bye-bye. This episode has been brought to you by our executive producers. Dispatches from the Grave Digger. We want to welcome into the cemetery, Rachel Tim. We're going to be burying you in a chest tomb. Thank you so much for supporting History Goes Bump. Sweet dreams.
so Kelly, before we jump into the show. Yes. I was having a little bit of fun because we're talking about Miss Molly. So I was like, good golly, Miss Molly. And sure I thought like to ball. And I thought the words were sure like to fall. I, I'd never <laughs> known what the exact words were. So I looked them up. It's good golly, Miss Molly. Sure like to ball. Woo. And then. <laughs> How did that go again? <laughs> that was my little, my little Richard. Uh, so then you were like, huh, that doesn't sound like it's. Um, Appropriate? Yeah. <laughs> and you're right. <gasps> Scandalous. So I looked it up and it says, like most of Little Richard's songs, this contains a lot of innuendo. Sure like to ball. But most people were too busy listening to the music to notice or didn't get the reference. At the time, the most common meaning for bawling was dancing. Only later did it become a popular euphemism for oral sex. Oh, boy. <laughs> and I'm sure that's what he was talking about. These are formed when dripping or flowing water. Water? Water. <laughs> the most famous and popular spot in Fort Worth, Texas is the Stockades. Stockades? Stockades? <laughs> it's really popular with the criminals and people love to go over there and throw a bunch Lock of fruit and vegetables at them, especially the rotten tomatoes. Anyway, it's early in the morning, Kelly, so I'm a little off. Yeah, this is probably the earliest we've ever recorded, but we're trying to get a jump on things. At this time in America, the railway... Railway? Hmm, there it is again. The first meatpacking plant, more, but I love meat, so it's a more. <laughs> If you want to call it a moor, you can, even though I think it is pronounced armor. <laughs> the bathrooms have iron tubs. Pedestal stink. Stinks. <laughs> that's it's a why communal you, bathroom. That's why it you, does stink. I was just going to say, that's why you don't like the communal bathroom, because the pedestals stink. Oh, God. The bathrooms have iron tubs. Pedest I'm going to do it again. I could feel it coming out of my mouth. Pedestal stink. You <laughs> Even focusing, you did it. She's like, okay, I'm going to focus. Emphasize the T, Kelly. The bathrooms have iron tubs, pedestal sinks, and pull chain toilets. Woo! Yay! She got it. <laughs> Miss Molly's is a cozy, cozy. He's a cozy place. Cozy, cozy. Cozy, cozy. Cozy, cozy. It's keep, a cozy old cold. bed breakfast. 